0: This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 624, Flashback, Wolverine Noir. Hey, no The okay. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 624. It's another one of our flashback episodes uh, where I take a look at uh, something from my past as a comic reader. Um, usually it's something I had a connection to of some kind. Uh, usually it usually goes way back to the... well, not way back. It goes back to the 90s when I was first getting into comics. But this time we're looking at something a lot more recent. And by recent, I mean something from nine years ago. Uh, we're going to talk about Wolverine Noir. Uh, so the Noir books were a uh, short-lived kind of uh, imprint that was created uh, with a bunch of uh, different series focusing on... On uh, stories that were, had much more noir uh, bent to them in terms of the types of stories that were told, um, there was a bunch of series. I think the original ones were uh, I guess there was X Men Noir, Spider Man Noir, Daredevil Noir, Luke Cage Noir, Punisher Noir, Iron Man Noir, and Wolverine Noir, and others. Uh, then there was a sequel um, X Men one, uh, so, and I think that eventually there was a, a Deadpool one, I believe. Um, so there's a bunch. Um, the original ones that I enjoyed. I like Spider-Man Noir for sure, uh, which was fun. Um, and Spider-Man Noir definitely is one probably with the biggest connection to ongoing stuff because Spider-Man Noir has been a character that people like and has been in video games and in the upcoming Spider-Verse movie. And um, It's not the series I'm talking about today, but uh, the Spider-Man one was definitely one that um, you know really was one of the breakthrough ones. Uh, I remember the X-Men one I wasn't a huge fan of when it came out, but it was okay. It's interesting because I forget this is that, um, uh, the Spider-Man Noir, I liked it, uh, I don't remember, like, loving it, but apparently, uh, I did like it a lot, um, and, or at least I really enjoyed the artwork by Carmine DJ Domenico, who was on Spider-Man Noir, because, uh, when you look up on the Wikipedia page of all the different Noir books, uh, when it mentions Spider-Man Noir, um, I'm there. I was a comic book reviewer for a website called comic Stream at the time, and so it quotes a review that I did of Spider-Man Noir, which I think uh, makes it seem like I like that book more than I remember, which is always funny to go back and you don't always remember exactly what your impressions of of our book, and it's another thing entirely when you reviewed that book, and it's in print for you to see. I wrote comic book reviews probably for five or six years on a regular basis, uh, probably like at least 10 books a week or something. It's insane at my height. Um, I used to re- read and review a lot of books on a regular basis. Uh, things are easier when you're not married and don't have a kid. Um, <laughs> um, so I used to do that a lot. So it's interesting for me to go back and so if uh, like I mentioned on the Wikipedia page for Spider-Man Noir it mentions a bit of a review. Well that review pieces of it uh, is actually on the dust jacket to the hardcover. Um, on the on the interior hardcover uh, dust jacket just says uh, DJ Domenico went once again, provides some truly outstanding artwork. Whenever he's on a book, I know it's going to look absolutely magnificent. From Adam Chapman from ComicStream.com, which uh, is obviously is not a website that exists anymore. Uh, so it's interesting to kind of go back and see things that I've said. In fact, I have four of the noir books in hardcover format, and I think I'm on three of them. Uh, Punisher Noir. It always makes me laugh when uh, I'm I'm quoted twice. <laughs> Um, The interior dust jacket for Punisher Noir, I say, Thierry and Azacita knocked this one out of the park. And then on the uh, back cover, I say, I like the way that Frank Thierry is developing this story, how it subverts expectations and is more of a character piece than you might at first expect. Fantastic work, highly recommended. Um, The one that I was not ever uh, quoted on is probably my favorite, um, or one that I really, really loved, which was uh, Daredevil Noir. Uh, which is a fantastic book, but that's not what I'm talking about today. Today, um, I picked off my shelf recently, Wolverine Noir, and I wanted to kind of reread it. It's uh, a striking cover. It's you know Wolverine. Uh, it's black and white. You got you know either rain or hail, probably rain, <laughs> uh, coming down on on, a, on this on this you know black and white figure, except for there's red uh, where the claws are and, and the parts of his sleeves, uh, just indicating some blood. Uh, I am actually quoted on this one as well. Um, On the back, I say, wow, Wolverine Noir has absolutely blown away my expectations, and I can't recommend this series highly enough. And on the inside cover, I say, absolutely incredible, a perfectly paced story, with brilliant artwork all the way until the final last panel. Highly recommended, you must pick up this series. So, Do I still feel the way I did nine years ago? Yeah, I do. Um, I think of all the noir books, this is probably one of the best. I think It and Daredevil. I'm sorry, uh, Punisher is really good, too. Uh, I like the ones that really kind of uh, deliciously ate up the... Uh, the premise of these are stories with familiar characters in a a noir setting. Uh, But it was not so much just to capture the story, you have to really capture a certain visual aesthetic as well. Um, I'm not talking about it on this episode, but Daredevil Noir is definitely a a book that feels like that, where it has an absolutely breathtaking visual style. It's very kind of similar to what we were seeing uh, uh, Alex Malev do when he did the uh, the Daredevil book uh, in the mid-2000s. And this kind of feels a lot, has a lot of Similarities, uh, the color work especially kind of reminds me of that. Um, so again, very much felt like a, a proper noir story. But Wolverine is probably the most noirish because um, when you think of kind of the prototypical, um, stereotypical noir stories, having um, having a you know kind of surround a, a detective agency and you know a mysterious woman and a femme fatale with um, and, you know a partner who's abducted like these. Play really well with the strengths of the of a noir concept. Um, it's you know it, it's what really makes this work though is how the art really becomes something else. Like it, 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 the art is so moody, so dark. Um, it really is makes it such a compelling visual story. Um, there's a bit of a mystery, maybe not a huge mystery, but it's definitely a, a mystery that's kind of laced in in terms of the villain and the connection between. Uh, Dog and uh, Logan and, and how it got this way. Um, it's an interesting kind of character study and, you know, it's a very, you know, it's not that different a version of James. Um, it just set in a different time period and I, in some ways I feel like the uh, the period from where the inciting incident happens when something happens uh, in the, you know, development of the, uh, the Logan character, it's only seven years later that the main thrust of the story takes place. I almost feels like it feels like much later. Um, it's interesting I'd love to talk to Stuart Moore at some point um, to, to find out why uh, why, was, why was seven years why, was that enough time uh, it's set you know, in the early uh, days when you know, World War is co- coming soon it's set in August of 1937 I haven't really mentioned the creative team but um, it's written by Stuart Moore artwork by C.P. Smith um, it's extremely striking um, it's really again this, this just this book looks so different than so many other things uh, you got Colors by Rain Barreto who does such an amazing job Letters by Jeff Eccleberry Edited by Daniel Ketchum and uh, the executive editor was Axel Alonso obviously this was uh, during Joe Cosada's tenure as Editor-in-Chief um this is just such a great book. And um, again, looking through it, it's, it's very the, the framing of the sequences, the way in which the art is paced. Um, it's you know a lot of shadow work. Um and the use of negative space um you know when you have you know the a, a, a woman come into the detective agency you don 't even see the top of her you know everything north of her lips um which you get the kind of an outline you have that she 's wearing a hat, but that 's really it, and they really play up shadows and again you don 't see a lot of full on uh faces that don 't have shadows playing across them uh, basically I guess back in time you see some more light is used in the flashback sequences but otherwise everything's so dark moody um, you really get a sense of this man struggling with this thing inside him um, and what had has kind of taken away from him. Um, how his, you know, this, this this incident really formed who he was and who he had to be. Um, he had to kind of go on the run and get away from anyone who would have known him. Uh, and it really leads into a lot. Um, the last issue is really special. I think it really takes everything Dallas it up a notch. It has such a great sense of pacing because it feels like there's real stakes. Like, characters can die and they will die. Uh, the dog character is early on is abducted and Logan doesn't know what happened to him, and finally we find out, and it's just this great sequence of you know, what's gonna happen? You got this sense of impending doom that something bad is gonna to happen to dog, and you don't know if it's gonna actually happen or not. And it's just the way it is told in the art is so cinematic, and you can feel it, and you could feel the tension. Um, not a lot of books are really able to really achieve such a visual reaction. Like, you feel this is gonna happen. And not only does you have this sense of foreboding, you have this sense of, of absolute dread that something really bad is about to happen to dog, is that right after that panel, um, you have something else horrific happen to another character, and it's just like, boom, boom. Um, this it, It's such a, an amazingly well-put-together story. It, it's, you know, a, a revenge story, but um, the way in which that revenge is done, even the idea of what it is to be human, what it is to be a man, that, you know, an, an animal acts on an instinct, a man has a choice, and what that means um, is, is really something. Um, the idea that, you know, Wolverine or Logan has this, you know, animalistic rage, which we've seen in the character in the Six One Six, and how he's choosing to deal with that, and how he's kind of able to pull himself himself back from the brink and know that animals only act in instinct, and that he does have a choice. And then seeing the choice that he makes makes it even more gripping. Um, And the idea to make him have more of a religious background as well was a very interesting choice and one that I thought played well to the strengths of the of the themes and the way in which the story was told um, and again it's all set in the Bowery in New York um, and what it's just Interesting to see how this character feels about himself. I don't know if they did a sequel or if they used this character again. I must admit, I don't remember. Um, But it's just, it's so good. It's a very, I, you know, it's it's been nine years probably since I've actually read it all the way through. And uh, it still holds up. It's still an incredibly enjoyable uh, series. Again, it's only four issues, but, um, you know, it's very compelling, very cinematic. Uh this is you know this is a, a dark no- Wolverine noir movie um and it's well worth reading i highly recommend it I think people should to go back and you know seek this stuff out i mean the noir books were fun um maybe fun is the wrong term because they were at times a lot darker and uh tackled some really serious terms uh tones and and themes so maybe the using fun is maybe not the uh the best way to call it but uh there's just something about these sp- I, I just thought they were so much fun to have. Um, yeah, I, you should really check these out. These are something different. These are not your typical uh, stories. I know that I'm trying to remember how they've collected a bunch of the stuff recently because uh, I know they, they did a, a Marvel Noir which had, I think, Wolver- a, a different... Maybe Wolverine did show up again. So this is where my knowledge starts to break down because I feel like maybe he did show up in a different book or... Um, or maybe when they did a Wolverine of the X-Men... Uh, Wolverine... Sorry, uh, Marvel Noir to a paperback. Maybe they just included the series. Um, yeah, but Wolverine is, again, so good. Uh, very entertaining. It's definitely worth reading. Um, and I'm just... I, I apologize. I'm on As we record, I'm trying to see where the other books were published. I think they ended up doing... It looks like they did a bunch of uh, soft cover collections. Uh, they did a, a Daredevil, um, Cage, and Iron Man... Uh, collection all in one which is kind of an interesting uh series of books to kind of all put together um i don't remember a lot about i remember luke cage noir i don't remember iron man noir at all i think that 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 one must have been on kind of the second wave um that one i don't really have much of a, a sense of it looks like it was written by scott snyder uh you know early scott snyder from 2010 so uh if you want to pick that up um you know it might be worth uh might be worth checking out again. I, I don't have any personal connections to that. I remember really enjoying Luke Cage Noir. Um, I think I must have had in like a, a smaller soft cover. I guess I only ended up, ever ended up getting the four hard covers of the original collections for Spider Man, Wolverine, Daredevil, and Punisher. But uh, they're good books. They're a nice uh, uh, trade design. They have a nice uh, they have a white spine with black lettering. Um, even the covers, they all have noir kind of going down uh, the side of the uh, the page. Uh, These are, you know, again, fun, enjoyable books to to read. Um, I will at some point talk about the Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil is absolutely fantastic. It doesn't feel that different in a lot of ways, though. Uh, And I guess maybe that's a, a draw against it, is that especially given the Daredevil books at the time, it felt like it was you know, set in a period, but it didn't necessarily have to feel that different from classic Daredevil. Obviously, it went in different different ways and was definitely had a great dark ending, uh, whereas Wolverine feels like it, it hunkers down more into telling something very different uh, with this character set in the noir time period. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I highly recommend this. It was enjoyable and thank you for listening We me prattle on about it for the last 10 or so minutes. Um, our next episode, non-reviews episode, will be a conversation with John Red Thomas, known as Gormu on the uh, Marvel Masterworks boards. Um... And uh, we get into a lot of stuff. We talk about uh, Roy Thomas, uh, working with Roy Thomas on a Stanley Lee book, Bertaschen. Uh we, we, go, we get really in deep uh, on, on what it's like to work on those types of books. Uh, if you want to email the podcast, you can do so at shenanigans at jbl.com. Like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again for listening to this episode, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.